and we're live. So, first thing we need to talk about is Gooba. Gooba, the new Takashi 6ix9ine song. Oh, Do you know who Takashi 6ix9ine is, David? Yeah, he showed me the song. Did that show it to you? <laughs> yeah. What did you think? Uh, I mean, it's not really my taste in music, so I'm probably not the best uh, to judge the, that class. You can just say it was bad. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, musical taste is subjective. I'm sure there's probably millions of people who love it, but it's not It's not for me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> no, it was objectively bad. Objectively bad. He, like, he, oh, Philip's here talking about Gooba, too. Yeah, let's keep talking trash on Gooba, because Philip loves Gooba. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know the whole you do. music video was just stupid. The lyrics were okay. not very lyrical. This is perfect because Philip's here. I watched that video you sent me of his. Uh, uh, I don't know what you'd call that. His apology. Uh, anyway, um, I think he's right about when he was talking about ratting. Like, why would you continue to? like cover for your gang if they treat you like shit like according to his story right like i don't know the full story i don't know what happened with any of that but basically he's saying that yeah he broke rules but he broke rules after they broke rules yeah and in which case i think that's that's null and void like you don't have to owe them loyalty at that point like yeah rat on them they broke it first um that's not even really i don't i don't give a shit about what his beef or whatever i'm just talking about gooba and how much of a shitty song that is so he all right so he gets out of jail he rats on people and they release him because of this corona shit so they just put him on house arrest and so he drops this uh this metal container in his backyard and hires a bunch of girls to come and dance and then he just films it all on his in this metal container he's got in his backyard and he's even like flexes his ankle brace and shit <laughs> but like during the song which i wasn't a big fan of his to begin with but like i think you can really tell a drop in quality even though his earlier shit wasn't that great you can really tell a drop in quality after he's gotten out and he doesn't have the support like um all of his squad all his crew backing him anymore it's just him with a computer. And make, I, I, he probably doesn't do his own beats. I, I imagine probably not. So he has some people in his corner. But you can tell his writer staff's not there. And I don't even know how good of an idea it was for him to be making a video like that to begin with, considering there's a lot of people gunning for him. A lot of people want to take him out. So I'm just saying if I was in his shoes, I'd be really, really careful <laughs> who I like come over to my house, like have my address, like not even like gang shit. You just think about like rabid fans having your address. That's, that sucks for anyone. Yeah. I mean, John Lennon was killed in his sleep by he, I, I don't know how much of it was tied to imagine, but it was after imagine obviously, cause he died afterwards. And that song's, you know, imagine all the people living for today. It's imagine no country, <laughs> no religion too. Mm -hmm. No, so around it, the song does not bang whatsoever. I think that song was more of a slap in the face at everyone 
Because I don't think he tried very hard at it. Okay, you're talking about Gooba again. Yeah. I was okay. Well, I was be, yeah, yeah. Comment. Just I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So yeah, Gooba. Gooba fucking sucked. It's a bad song. I think he didn't want it to be a good song though, because he still got the views that it, he, he would have mm, gotten if it was a good song. That's a good point. It doesn't matter if he makes a good song or not. He was gonna get that clout either way. And I think he made the song purposefully to like piss people off, and then he could just continue to say, "Well, look, even though you're mad, I still have all these views." And his live was like right at two million. <clears throat> Yeah. And he had 5 million or something views in an hour. It was something ridiculous. I don't know how true it is, but he said he broke the record on YouTube. I haven't checked into it, though. I mean, that song blew the fuck up. But, yeah. And it wasn't even a good song, but he still got just as much publicity for it as, like, even if it was a good song. It's also his first song since he came out, so a lot of people trying to hear... What it doesn't matter who it, who it was or how good or bad the song was. If anybody got locked up like that and then made a song right when they got out, everyone would be on it. Anyone would have gotten those views, I think. Yeah. If they're in his shoes. But then again, who would just come out and make a song like that? Him. Only him. Okay, I'm not done ranting about how shady this song is. These, I also, like, I hate the rap aesthetic right now. Like, it's not just Takashi, but, like, the cool hip thing right now is this, like, like these bright, in the, in the rap, current rap scene, is, like, these bright colors, like, like, really saturated colors, and lots of them, like, Rainbow Spectrum, and, like... Rainbow Gang. <laughs> Rainbow Gang. Rainbow Gang. Squat up. Um... Like, no, like, I don't, I just, I hate the whole aesthetic. Like, everything looks like candy. Like, and I also, I get what he was trying to do, right? Like, because in that video, each of the girls is wearing a different color. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I get all these different flavors, right? Like, that's, but still, it's stupid. (laughs) It doesn't look good. It's stupid. (laughs) I see what he's going for. But also, like, it's not like he invented that. That's already a current trend right now. Like, I can't remember the name of that song, but um, the one that's like, I shake my wrist, tickle, like, sha, 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 Yeah, I hate that shit. And, like, I didn't hate, well, I thought it was all right until I saw the video. And I'm like, I hate everything about this. Like, you guys. Cups? Yeah. There's this. Well, I thought we had cups. What happened to like red solo cups? No, like cup cups. Mm-hmm. I got a couple in the truck. Might have to go out and grab them. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I don't see okay. any cups around. <laughs> Cupless. Um. So, what were we talking about before David brought up cups? That song that you hate. That's you song Nazi. Yeah, I was being a music Nazi. <laughs> like. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old, but the the aesthetic right now is stupid. You're not with it anymore. It's stupid. It's not cool, and everyone looks dumb doing it. Not it's during now. But why is everyone doing it then? Because it's the hot thing right now. It's popular. But then how is it not cool? 
Because people have bad taste, <laughs> what to say? <laughs> the majority of people. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. I mean, look at pop music. Like, is that your taste in music? Is that anyone's taste in music that you know? I mean, it's really popular. It's a lot of people's taste in music if, like it, if it predominantly takes but over the music scene. My point is, anyone you know? Does yeah. anyone you know actively listen to Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift? Well, there's typically not the crowd I hang around, but just because they listen to that type of music doesn't mean, you know, they get checked off into some sort of box. I, I well, guess I think they do. I mean, <laughs> what I'm saying is shitty people if they listen to Katy Perry. Not, not no, 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 no. That's not, not what I mean. They get checked into a box. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, Katy Perry box. Obviously, <laughs> a lot of Katy people Perry listen box. to it because it's really popular. So mm -hmm. obviously, it's like a you know global phenomenon. But mm -hmm. no one I know bangs that shit. Like no one I know is like, baby, you're a fire. Dude, I'll, I'll bang that in the car. Huh. Every now and then. I just California different, girls, different strokes for different folks. You know? I think, and this is something I just thought about. I think maybe a big part of it is, um, <clears throat> like maybe there aren't. I'm sure there are, but maybe there aren't like a ton of really big fans of like Taylor Swift. But it's more like a lot of people casually listen to her. I think there's a lot of super yeah, fans of Taylor Swift, dude. She's one of the background music. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure she has some super fans, like, no doubt. But, like, <laughs> I wonder if what makes it so popular is because it's, like, lounge music that you hear, like, on the radio or, like, the, the fact that it's on the radio is what makes it popular. Or it might just be something relatively simple, easy to listen to, and catchy is, for some people, what they mostly, you know, listen for. Not necessarily uh, some alternative deeper meaning to a song they don't necessarily need or I don't know everyone just has is predisposed to enjoy a certain type of frequency I guess and then that hits the the right receptors for a lot of people it seems yeah the, okay so kind of in a similar vein to what we were just talking about <clears throat> have you guys heard Justin Bieber's new song it's not new now it's been out a couple months yummy yummy <laughs> you got that yummy, yummy. I don't know. I don't check up on. I haven't heard. People I don't listen to much in a long time. Um, you know, all these people's I'll be music. I'll go back. You don't I haven't kept up with pop music just a little bit. Like what's popular in the world? Does Taylor Swift have any song? I don't know. <laughs> I don't keep up that much. You keep up with it just to roast on. <laughs> well, I knew about Yummy because it was like a meme that kind of blew up on its own. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of like this Gooba thing. Yummy meme. Yeah, I'll be right back. All right. I, I want to hear Philip defend Takashi Six Nine song. What part of it is good? <laughs> Instead of what part of it is bad, what part of this has any value to it? <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. I want a five-page essay. Oh, and there's Keith. Hey buddy, can you hear me? Okay. Um, I'm gonna make sure that you're picking up on the mic real quick. Hmm.
Okay. Um, that should be picking you up better now. Oh, okay. Cut that. <laughs> That's a lot of reverb. Okay. I, I, I killed the reverb on my end, so you should be able to hear us better now. Well, I dropped y'all out all together over here. I was trying to follow okay. the conversation a little bit, but I didn't just walk right in. I got you. We were just talking about, um, there's this rapper, Takashi69, and I don't, I don't really keep up with him, but he, um, I know about him because it was kind of like just a big deal on the internet. Um, he, he got locked up and then he ended up ratting on a lot of people in his gang. And then right. uh, do I, I'm kind of aware of the situation. I, I'm an old school head when it comes to hip hop and what have you. So, I mean, a lot with new stuff, I don't pay much attention to it, but that is, I mean, that's one of those things you can't miss. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, I'm in the same boat. It's one of those things you can't avoid. And I think that what y'all were talking about earlier with the trying to figure out the demographic of people, the popularity in music, and with, with you know, trying to understand that you don't, most with pop, you don't know, seem to know a lot of people that sit around and jam this stuff, but it's huge. Yeah, like how does that happen? Like, well... What you're talking, what you and I are talking about exactly right now is that phenomenon. You and I don't listen to this in the hip. I've never heard one of the songs. But something has occurred and it's made and his name explode. So he's on the news, he's on this, he's on that. All publicity is good publicity. Yeah. What he did when he got out now, whatever he did, rat, rat on people all that, that's, that's no good and not wise. But him making profit off of getting out, you know, and doing whatever he did with the dancing and all that, that's business genius, you know? Yeah, yeah no, for and, sure. Right, and what that is is the same way with, you know, pop sensation and artists like that. It's marketing. It's like any other product. And back in the... I want to say, you know, 50s, 60s, you know, they really started to figure that out about music and entertainment and the music industry. It became an industry. I saw a lot of, uh, you know, upcoming local acts and, you know, regional acts when they would come through in the years. They would talk to me about being independent and not wanting to be part of the industry. Yeah. And, you know, I'd say, you know, if you want to make any money off of what you do, you are part of the industry. Yeah. That is where, you know, it's music business. That's the business side. It just means to make money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, somebody figured that out, you know, and it spread and it's a big, huge market. And what you have with somebody like uh, Takashi, Takashi, I'm not really sure. (laughs) Me either. Um, Is... I heard you, you were talking about earlier how you heard it and said the quality, you could tell it suffered, you know. And without trying to get too deep into that, because I don't want to get too deep into what he does as a musical thing, Mm -hmm. but it makes a good point that, you know, 
any kind of band, even a great band, you hear them start to fall off after a little while or something has happened because they don't have certain elements anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that can happen on any level. But the reason he still has the ability to put things out, like you're saying, somebody probably makes beats for him. Well, he's got the money to pay. If he hit me up to make a beat for him, I don't really make beats professionally. But if he hit me up, he's the kind of dude that's got the money that I would make him a beat. <laughs> yeah. Because he yeah. would be paying my bills. So, you know, he's still got some people backing him. He's just like that. He's a market. He's a product on the market, and there's people that are going to yeah that i mean you're right and it, it really doesn't even matter what he makes like 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 you're saying it's all marketing so like he could have made anything right it's just how yeah. you present it yeah that makes a lot of sense <laughs> making his money i mean he's i mean that that yeah, video did know, amazingly well i mean i don't i don't try to read too deep in the hollywood hype you know yeah. because like, once once you get on that level you're a different type of person as far as the street level of things you know uh you know a snitch is a snitch yeah yeah well he actually he did a live stream talking about it like why he snitched and apparently um Scum Gang, the crew he ran with, they uh, before he got locked up or during while he was locked up, one of the two, um, they had like kidnapped his mom or something. And like at, at one point he got he got shaken down and beat up pretty bad. So he was just like, fuck it. I don't care about these guys anymore. They clearly don't care about me. So and I don't I don't know the full story. So I just that's going off of what he said. But um, you know, if that's true, then I don't really blame the guy. I was mostly just roasting on this new song he made. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, you know, everybody's got, there's always a set of circumstances that nobody else can put themselves in. Because when you do, you got to walk it all the way back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know that being a circumstance where I don't have to worry about my mother being kidnapped by somebody. You know, yeah. obviously not, you know, she <laughs> But it's, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I, there's different levels to it, like you said. Like, once you're that global sort of Hollywood famous, like, you're barely a human being. <laughs> right. you, are, you are a product. Prince made that really apparent when he changed his name to a symbol. When who did? Prince. Oh, I don't Prince. Know if you got it. 
Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, the age or I'm, I'm speaking here. Um, Prince at one time changed his name to a symbol, and he was presented, like, on MTV when MTV would show a video, and it would have uh, a little title in it was at the corner, you know, and it tell you the artist and the song. It would say, the artist formerly known as Prince. And that became colloquially, uh, uh, colloquial humor thing. You know, for years that the artist formerly known as or such and such formerly known as, you know. But what that basically was, to my understanding, you know, I could be, well, I'm not, I'm not a huge historian on Prince, but when a record label purchases your band name, your business name, then they have control over everything that you produce in that business. Yeah. And what he basically did was he showed the world that, he made it more apparent to the world that your name in the entertainment world when it becomes a business, because Prince was his name, that was his business, that was his as a commodity. Yeah. You are the same as a trademark. And because contractually, you cannot, sometimes you cannot put things out under a name or in association with that name because the label you're under wants part of that. So in order to get out of that, if you change your name to a symbol that's not a name, it kind of loopholes things and it kind of messed everything up, you know, for all of them. That's fucking genius. Yeah, it was absolutely, you know, and then he did what he wanted to do, and then he went back to, uh, you know, his name when they dropped all of that. Okay. You know, and I'm sure there's probably a whole lot more in there. I watched uh, uh, Doris Day talking about a long interview with him talking about Prince, and it told me a lot of things that I never, I never realized if everything he was saying was true, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious now, how experimental was that period when he wasn't Prince? Was it like drastically different from his other content? You know, at that point, I really wasn't. I wasn't keeping up with him a lot. There's a you know period of my life that I didn't keep up with a lot of what was going on in the pop, you know, mm-hmm. mainstream world because I was probably so wrapped up in you know the avant-garde of what I was doing. But um, I'm not really certain. And that's actually a really good, you know question to like, you know, look over when you span over uh, an artist's career, you know, is to look at the different albums that came out as he was a symbol as compared to his other stuff. Yeah. Well, I understand, you know, he did everything, everything he wrote, every single part, even though the bands that he produced and he owned, every single solid part he wrote and demoed and everybody had to learn what that was. Hmm. That's really cool. So, I mean, like, he found a loophole and he exploited it and he turned the way people look at the music industry on its head. Well, from, from what I understand, that's what occurred. I could be kind of, I'm, I'm kind of speculating on the things that I know about it had happened at the time and what I'm trying to think that I'll remember because, you know, yeah. there's, only, there's only so many 
musician history, you know, of musicians I was I can remember. Yeah. Um, it's funny, like, I'd never heard about any of that, but I have heard, you know, the phrase, the artist formerly known as Prince. I think most people have, but I didn't know the story behind that. so true like it's all about supply and demand who's got what and who wants it that's really like that's really deep too because i mean that's that means artists are just generating like like substance from just themselves like they're just making things and that's we've as a human as a race we've deemed that valuable like we do value that your 
phone was a shotgun like you had in your house. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know, like, how do you defend that? That's a good point. Yeah. So that's what you do is you pretty much enlist the law of intellectual property and you patent it or you have a copy written and you're telling the federal government, here is your access to my intellectual property. If I have a dispute with it with somebody trespassing it, I guess, or stealing it, uh, uh, that's what they call, that's the new term for um, pirating, which I'm not really fond of them using pirating for that term. Hmm. And that's what they call pirating, you know, pirating means, you know, you see the little ads, this is not a victimless crime, you know, even though everybody in that movie is making us three times as much as all of us put together. Yeah. So, you know, that, that that's a big, big question. And I, I notice a lot of people touch on it in the climate nowadays when there's so many things that they do touch on that are, you know, kind of around it and somewhat superficial. Yeah. Yep. It's hard to know what to believe nowadays like it's such a meme that you know fake news that's such a meme but it's also so true and it's so hard to find actual information on anything nowadays like we have so much access but there's also so much bullshit right it's very frustrating yeah yeah i compare it to having kids and you know telling them um, you know, you have all of the information in the world at your fingertips. I never had that coming up, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think about what would I have done coming up in my room when I was stuck in there, you know, beating on my guitar and trying to build things and, you know, out of broken stuff if I was able to have this information, you know. But at the same time, who knows, I probably would have not done it and, you know, just done what I did anyway. But, it's that kind of frustration I feel with the world on this, you know. Yeah. When you're like, man, you got you you have the potential and you have the access to these tools, you know. And then the rest of the world is just, you know, you have this great canvas and y'all are just dumping just horrid shades of paint all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like. Um, shit, I lost my train of thought. Um, well, I had something I wanted to say. Can't remember now. Well, with as much information as it is out there right now, there it gives people just as much opportunity to fall into confirmation bias, kind of potholes, where they can research whatever they want or whatever they think, uh, whatever they're thinking about, and find the answers that reinforce what they already believe. Uh, and not necessarily go into it with critical thinking, which I think that's the key uh, when it comes to trying to challenge yourself is remove as much bias as you can, as hard as that can be. Uh, Look at something as objectively as possible and then, uh, you know, map that onto the reality that you currently had before and see what's left. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. I mean, you put it well with when you say challenge yourself. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people 
lazy, even though it's very easy to do, and a lot of people are just too lazy, but people are tired, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, you know, people are like, why do I need to challenge myself? I feel like I should be in this place, or I'm entitled to be in this place. So, you know, it's uh, I, I think it goes back to the soul. Yeah, um, I remembered what I wanted to say. When you were talking about the internet um, and mentioning, like, you know, if you had more resources at your disposal, you know, you'd be able to do a lot more. But the the sort of catch-22 to that, catch-32 to that is, like, um, there's so many more distractions now, too. So it's, like, hard to find motivation to actually do anything. Right. Right. I, th- I think that all this technology is still pretty new though i think uh, like with generations to come and technology increasing people are going to be using it way earlier on in their lives and it's going to be advanced so that the way that they're going to think about it and try to innovate things is going to be beyond what we can think about now because we don't even have that yet and I mean, most of us don't start using it until we're i mean the generation behind us didn't have internet until they're in their 20s well, right. <laughs> yeah, um, our generation, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I generation behind when me. I got into college, the internet was brand new. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's still all very, very new. I think it's it hasn't even made its way to be a good tool yet. That's, yeah, actually, I want to talk about this a little more in depth. Um, not just the internet, but, like, how long have we had cars? Like, a, like 120 years, maybe? Like, right. Like, that's such a fucking short amount of time yeah. in the grand scheme of history. Yeah. Like in the last 150 years, we got cars. We got, I don't know how old electricity is. Not that old. And we got radio. We got internet. We got all this crazy shit. And we're still at the very beginning yeah. of this turn. Very like, beginning. like this, I mean, what's it going to be like a thousand years from now? Like, uh, Yeah. It's going to be ridiculous. This is an unprecedented time we're in, in human history, and it's actually really crazy to be alive right now. Because, yeah. yeah. If, if you're noticing, uh, if you're keeping up with anything that's going on with um, bomb technology, with um, some, of that, some of that stuff is just almost lightning. With what technology? Quantum. Oh, quantum technology. Oh. Man, yeah, that shit is so over my head. And it's pretty much what I like to describe as the third dimension in computing, you know, when you go outside of binary, when you go outside of one zero, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a really, really something to try to wrap your head around, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I've had people try to explain quantum mechanics to me, and, like, that shit just goes so far over my head. It's it's really crazy. <laughs> that, that's one that jumps actually from, I find, and from what I've understood and studied of it, I find an actual connection between science and um, metaphysics or what some people would call spirituality. Yeah, I'd like to get into more of that a little bit more in depth, too. That's, um, and that's really, you want to talk about a rabbit hole go down, that's, um, Hell yeah. I'm strapped in. Let's do it. <laughs> well, it's been a while since I checked much of it, but they talk about uh, the idea of 
I'm flying on, on the RAM in my brain right now. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things where you understand the, the, the split theory with the, you know, with the observation, if you observe what is going on, it will be different from if you don't observe. Yes, that quantum mechanics go into that very deeply. Right. Because well, of the way that the electron spins, it, it spins every right. which way until you observe it, and now it's spinning it in that way. Every time you look right. at it, it will be spinning that way. In essence, mind over matter. And I've been in arguments with, you know, other engineers and things like that on this. And it's one of, one of my, I guess, favorite arguments to get in because it is really one of the hard things to prove or disprove, you know, that if your mental or physical existence or its um, perception is able to alter what is physically occurring, that to me is what is mind over matter. Yes. And to jump over into something that I have not tried yet, and you know, I actually haven't, I haven't seen it debunked, um, but I've seen it floating around about a year or two ago, the um, rice test. Are y'all familiar with the rice test? No. The what test? Rice. Rice? Where you take three, uh, you cook rice and you split it into three, Mm-mm. and you label it, and you one jar you label, uh, I guess, neutral or normal, and the other one you label with bad negative words, and one of them you label with positive words, and they say that you literally pick one up each day, and you know, praise it and give it good thoughts and literally speak to this jar of rice, right? As a, as a, as a being, as an entity, and praise it and show it love and... Bring it to life. Right. Like and then you take the negative and you do, when you pick up the jar with the negativity and you literally cuss it and degrade it and tell it the bad things. And you leave the one in the center alone. And many people supposedly have tried this, and it, they say the way the mold occurs is absolutely different, and it is always very rancid on the negative side, and sometimes the positive side of the mold is fast. And when it does, it seems to be in a pattern in a more colorful, lifelike mold. It's really a wild experiment. I I've been wanting to try it, and I haven't, you know, got around to doing it. Yeah, I, I'm really glad you brought that to my I'm attention. I want to try, try that, that shit. Yeah. <clears throat> that, yeah, that that means that you can change the physical world with your mind. So mind over matter completely. You know what's funny though? I mean, the world with your mind. But what's also interesting about that is we all already knew that because anytime you go do anything you're using your mind to alter the world around you right so it's just right, a step well, forward on that right when you get into uh i guess if you get into the semantic you know mentality but what, what that actually does is if it has a proof that we do have the ability to 
Yeah. I've, I've, um, been under the impression for a long time that, um, I've, I've had some, like, I, I was raised really religiously and really conservatively. And then when I turned 18, I sort of, um, I felt really into like the occult and witchcraft and started to study that more. And, um, at this point in my life, I feel like I've seen a lot of crazy shit, but there are certain things that I still don't think are possible. Like, and you know, I could be wrong about that. Like, who am I to say, but, um, you know, I've just had my, my perspective changed quite a lot over the last like four or five years. And, um, one thing, like you're talking about the mind over matter thing. I've held the idea for a long, long time that what we are, it's or gods or demons or fairies, what have you, all these different names. What we're really talking about is it's like an imaginary friend that you give attention to. And in some sort of paradoxical way, it takes on a life of its own where it actually is alive and is an entity in and of itself. Where that gets complicated for me when I'm like still trying to wrap my head around is how can something be alive and not be subject to change? Because if we're talking about a God, like let's keep it simple. Let's say, let's say I just worship love, like the entity of love and that there is something that is love and it just exists on its own without any interference. If you were to talk to love, like the embodiment of love, and, and say a bunch of negative shit to it, could you make it not be love anymore? Because it seems to me like if we're, if we're talking about these gods and ideas, what makes it that thing is like its essence, sort of. Like, it seems to me like if you were talking to love, you could not alter the way love thinks. It could change the, your perspective, but it's sort of stagnant and cannot be altered. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, when I, uh, I see what you're saying, I think you're approaching it as I have to do with everything on the scientific level. Mm. If everything occurs in this universe, as we know, what's a duality? And you know, that's where the you know, Dallas Yang Yang come from. Is it's not the opposite of it's not necessarily opposites always. You know, it's more like binary, you know, one or zero, it's this or that, you know. Yeah. So um, what you're saying in that idea, I don't know that I don't know that if that entity existed just to say to take that one entity that as an opposite for fear or for love actually because you didn't go with hate you went with fear which i think is more accurate
yeah, it's like, yeah, I see what you mean. Like love is more pure. Hate is sort of a, a culmination of human emotions. You have to feed on something that like hate it. Yeah. Let it boil. And put bed energy yeah. towards it. Yeah. Um, this is uh, this is unrelated, but um, have you ever have you ever lucid dreamed? You know, I think I have maybe twice because I tried a few years back. I was trying for a long, long time. I didn't dream very vividly at all. And uh, now I do, you know, pretty pretty vividly when I do. But um, I, I started messing around with, uh, you know, using like some ASMR or like sonic meditation kind of stuff or a binary, uh, or binaural, excuse me, binaural beat frequency yeah. kind of stuff. You know, because it, it's one of those things that's like a lot of the science behind it doesn't necessarily hold up with a lot of that stuff. You know, a lot of the science that, it, like many things, there's not a lot of science behind it. So, mm-hmm. you know, but it's also something that doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not going to hurt me to lay down and put headphones on something that helps me go to sleep anyway. You know, and um, I've had some of the hypnosis ones seem to be more effective. I've tried that. Now, I have experienced um, perilous, sleep perilous. Mm. And uh, people talk about it's terrifying. I've never had like faces come at me or anything where it was terrifying. So you never saw anything? when you had sleep paralysis. Right. It was mainly, I couldn't, my, I managed to get my body to fall asleep. And I read a lot about it, and it was a warning on that. It said, you know, if you get your body to fall asleep and you're not falling asleep mentally, or mentally relaxed enough, okay. that you'll experience it. And with me, it almost wasn't so much a paralysis as I couldn't move. It was very painful. It was like a very tense body pain. It was just very, very just comfortable. You know, mentally, it wasn't scary to me. It wasn't, you know, because I was very conscious. It was just like, I realized it was scary in the sense that I was like, wow, I've never felt this. My body do this, you know, before. But I, I knew what it was. You know, I read about it, fortunately. So you had a conscious thought that you were in sleep paralysis while you were in it. Right, right. You know, and yeah, I, I rolled over and it was really, I was pretty comfortable and it was just like my body was tensing up real, real heavily. And, um, you know, after maybe 10 minutes or so, it might have been less than that, it just seemed like walking. It really was very uncomfortable. <laughs> it really sucked. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of phased off. You know, it was almost like a, a body, a whole body Charlie horse. Uh, that's probably the best way I could say. It was like my entire body Charlie horse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like locked up. You know? Yeah, very much like in my chest and in my shoulders, you know, more so than in the rest of my body. 
like normally you get a Charlie horse in your leg or your calf or something or the bottom of your foot, you know, but it seemed like, you know, and I could see if somebody was kind of dozed out a little bit and start, because, you know, lose the dream and you're not fully younger, you're kind of halfway there. I could see how that would cause, probably cause some major nightmare issues right there, you know? Yeah, like hallucinations and stuff. Man, if you start lucid dreaming and you go through that crap, man, <laughs> I don't imagine you're going to experience anything too great. I, I guess I was fortunate that I wasn't cautious enough. But it happened to me again, but not as severely. And I think I caught on to it, you know. I think I got myself up and probably walk around or something, you know. But, you know, but it's that's about the only thing I worry about. When I try to do it, it's bad just because it's uncomfortable and I won't get to sleep for a while, you know? Yeah. Um, are, are you generally like a heavy sleeper or pretty light sleeper? Um, it's changed over years. Once I became a, a biological father, hmm. you know, I'm a much lighter sleeper now. Okay. You know, instinctually. Um, for many, many years, I was an insomniac. Okay. You know? And then I would just be up all night. I didn't sleep, so I would just stay up. And, uh, but, I mean, now I don't really have much trouble because I started, you know, taking better care of myself. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah, like, probably your, like, like health and nutrition probably has a lot to do with it, too. Right, right. In my 20s, you know, that wasn't, A lot of experimenting being done at that time, I imagine. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I've noticed, like, I will sleep for like six hours and then like wake up naturally. And I've I've noticed like, <laughs> like this guy next to me, he'll he's like a dead sleeper. He'll be out for he'll he'll sleep as long as you let him. Same age, and it's like. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Like I'm also like when I wake up, I wake up all at once, and like I'm, a, I'm alert and I'm awake. I'm not like like grog, grog. I don't know. It's weird, but like people, like you're talking about, you weren't you weren't um, a heavy dreamer for a while. Like I vivid dreams at all, but I I um when I got into chaos magic specifically, it was actually Brent that introduced me to it. But uh, he gave me some book recommendations, and I started practice. Like, um, you can work on lucid dreaming if you keep a dream journal, and um, yeah, yeah, trying to lucid dream. <clears throat> and I, I only I was I was happened once, but the way it happened was weird because um, I was like in this house, and I like <laughs> I like opened a bedroom door, and there was like this freaky orgy going on like people in masks and shit and they all turned and looked at me and then i was like oh fuck and i started running and then they were like chasing me with a shotgun and this guy like oh, had, wow. he had me up like it's like a picket fence and he's like you ready to die and he like pointed the gun at wow. me and then i realized like i'm gonna fucking die and then like when that happened I, I sort of like woke up and i'm like oh shit i'm in a dream so then i just like i like force pushed him out of the way and then just started flying and like 
as I started flying, I remember the dream dissipating. Like it started, I started to wake up because I realized I was awake. But I have this really vivid memory of like trees rustling, like, like, like by my ear, like me just like crystal clear sound just like a tree blowing in the wind. And I could like feel wind on my face. It was like so real. And then I just came out of it completely awake. And that's the only time that's happened to me. I was, I was just curious if you had any, uh, what, what were your lucid dream experiences like? Well, what I was trying to accomplish, it was basically me getting up, me not dreaming in a different dream world. I guess the best way I could put it. I had gotten up. And I was actually in my, where we were living at the time, the condo. I had actually gotten up there, you know, and it looked like the condominium. It didn't look like, and every other dream I have, if I'm somewhere and I know where that place is, it will not look at all like my house. Hmm. Nothing. Now, nothing will look at all like my home. Mm -hmm. But I will know it's my home. Yeah. You know? I've done that to people. Like, you know, you, you didn't have a narration at the beginning of your dream, but you just dropped in it knowing the Lord already. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Well, I'm not in my house. This don't look like it, but whatever. This mm -hmm. is my place. And sometimes I don't, I never, a lot of times I don't see people's faces, but I just know it's that person. Yeah, I was about to say, I do the same thing to people. Like, like it won't look like the same person, but I'll associate it with someone I know. Yeah, I do that dream all the time. It's always people that I know, but they never they really do. That's crazy. That's right. Do they ever change and become somebody else? You know, like you're in the scene, and sometimes a scene will replay. You know, mm -hmm. and then the thing you know, you know, you're in your dream, and that same person that you're recognizing as one friend. Because now you're recognizing that someone else. <laughs> I don't think I've had that happen. It's, it's odd. It's almost like the scene in the movie changed, and so did the actor. Huh. You know, and it's, but or, or the actor didn't change, but their role did. It's like, oh, wait a minute, this is the same actor, but right now they're playing the part of that person, even though. None of it has to do with anything we've ever done before. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah, it's this weird dream logic how your brain makes these synapse connections, but there's right. like nothing to establish that. It just does that. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen? Uh, really uh, what was yours like? I was real young when I did. And uh <laughs> I was in I was in class. I think it was like fifth grade or something. I looked up at the clock and it was almost time to go to lunch. So I was excited about it because that was like probably the best part of the day, just not being in class. And then I looked back at my paper, kept writing. I looked back up at the clock and it was almost time to leave, like to go home. And I was like, wait, I didn't eat lunch. Hold on. Oh, shit, I'm in a dream. Was this Sterling or at American school? American. Okay. Good. There you get out for lunch and you go home. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't know. I realized I was in a dream at that point. I just kind of opened the ceiling up and flew out. I went home. 
and I tried to play video games. In your dream? Yeah, I, I tried to play Minecraft, and I went into the game, and I was, like, walking around this ravine, and then this giant spider, like, probably half the size of the ravine came running out, and then I woke up. So you are playing video games in your dream? Like, I was playing it, and then I went into the screen. I went into okay. the game. <laughs> That's meta as fuck. That's so many layers. I was just, like, playing, and that spider came out, and it, I guess it scared me, and I woke up. What about you, David? Do you have any lucid dreams? Um, kind of similar in that I almost never remember my dreams at all, let alone have a, a visually intense one. Uh, the only one I can really remember offhand, because I know I've had a couple, but when I was probably like six or seven years old, I had some like really intense dream. All I can remember is it was like a black void, and I, I was like weightless and floating. And all of a sudden, the only other thing that was around me was a giant eyeball. And I'm just like staring right at me. The eyeball. And then like, uh, as I like look at it closer, I seem to get drawn into its pupil. And it's like what all of fuck? a sudden is just right in front of me. And it's like screaming my name. And then it scared me and I woke up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> God. Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> eyeball exploding. What is this eyeball? <laughs> Um, so again, like my, my brain's just like jumping all over the place, but, um, I just remembered, um, did you, okay. Uh, I think it was like a month ago. I can't remember her name, but someone came out with rape allegations against Joe Biden. Did you see that Keith? people responded to it because and I don't want to name anybody like I'm not trying to do that but um, people who I've seen post things like when there's a rape allegation you know you should always default to believe the victim like under any circumstances and you see that with in the media you see that with like um, Bill Cosby, uh, diff different people. I mean, there's I you could pick any example, but like people, you know, if there's an allegation, people generally side with the victim, and I don't th I don't have a problem with that. I think that's good. But what really bothers me is the blatant hypocrisy from certain people when, you know, like uh, the Trump grabber by the pussy thing. You know, they be up in arms about that, but when Joe Biden has rape allegations. They flip it on the victim and call her a Russian spy. They call her, they say she's just making it up for attention. And even though she, it's really biased and it pisses me off. Like it's, it's so like, what it shows me is that they don't actually care. They just want their side to be in right. And that's the cognitive dissonance, you know, and that's what for years I've 
Mm-hmm. But just people have that mentality. They're like, well, it's my team. Yeah, that's and so true. For many, many, many years, I've caught flack back and forth on either you know side when it comes to people. When I, when I say side, it means not the people that I know that slightly lean one way or the other, but people that I know that extremely to very statively lean one way or the other, you know. They, yeah, by like self-admission. They, right, they basically wave the flag of conservatism or liberalism or Democrat or Republican, you know, and very, very excited with things, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have always been one to, I mean, in my youth, I was, you know, like most of us, you know, I saw a contrarian for the sake of it, you know? <laughs> but, I know what you mean. You know, so, I know people like that. Right, so, of course, anarchy appealed to me, but, you know, I always, I tell people that when it comes to the term anarchy, you know, and anarchism, which is kind of not correct to even put an ism on it, that if you want to look at the two perceptions, okay, there's one perception of anarchy, which you can relate back to the sex pistols, anarchy in the UK. Mm-hmm. Like real OG punk shit. Well, don't. Yeah, but <laughs> when you punk, the only real punk in that band, or the closest thing to somebody that was an actual punk in that band, would have been John White, a frontman Johnny Rotten. And a lot of people might not agree with me on that, but. I, um. I'm kind of talking my ass, out of my ass. I don't know much at all about the Sex Pistols. Right. I know about Gigi Allen. <laughs> well, and I, mean, I, I, I don't want to digress down that way anyway, but my point being is, you know, anarchy in the UK glorifies this idea of anarchy. And he makes a couple of good point lines in that song, but for the most part, it kind of misrepresents what anarchy really means, you know? But it's really the anti-archon that is being against a system of a ruling system, a leader, you know, mm. or a ruler. Not necessarily a leader, but there's, there's nothing wrong with deciding to let someone lead you. If you feel that that person is the most qualified in your eyes to lead you into whatever thing you're getting led into, it's your decision. But... Um, Crass, if you're not, if you're not familiar with the band Crass, which is more than a band, they're actually an anarchist collective, Hmm. not a commune, an anarchist collective, that, um, they did art rock, and they, they actually have a song called Punk Is Dead, that a lot of people argue with and quote a lot out of, because there's a lot of broad points of that. Hmm. And when they speak about openness of view, 
because um, whenever I get on subjects of like really like really deep subjects with my friends, what ultimately always happens is we we end up just having debates about semantics and what words actually mean and what it, what is what does it mean when you use this word? What does that word mean to you? Right. And I mean it, it's very complicated. Like language is so complicated. It's. It's like a flawed tool we have to communicate, but it's not perfect by any means. Well, probably what we have is people's ability to weaponize the misunderstanding. So, you know, I use a term, for example, you know, anarchism is a great one to use because people, I've been attacked for that by people who claim they're anarchists or people who claim this or whatever. Like, oh, you're not this, you're not that, you know? Yeah. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's, you are, you can't, I kind of, I mean, kind of lost my phrasing on here. Um, That's fine. We were talking about, um, um, words and their meanings. Semantics, exactly. Right. And that's the idea, you know, I say anarchism, and I use it as a base term of what it means, when I know the definition for a thousand years or so that somebody put the terms together from the Greek roots, yada, yada. And I understand it for what it means, just like I understand all words in politics and legally in any of that stuff to mean what I was taught to try to decipher what they mean from what, you know, you're taught. So people can very easily say, well, what does that mean to you? And then what they're actually asking is, I want you to defend your stance on what we are actually arguing about, which has nothing to do with this term. It has to do with them wanting to win an argument or prove you to be you know, if, if if you're if somebody doesn't want to agree with you, if somebody wants to win the argument, then they don't want to agree with you. So mm -hmm. when you try to find an agreement with them, 
it's very easy to bring semantics in and say, well, you don't know what you're talking about, or that's not what that means, or you obviously think of this, so that means you're really a fill-in-the-blank, you know? Yeah. And so then, like you're saying, it turns into a battle of words of saying, well, who's right and who's wrong, and then, then you start getting, nowadays, you get discredited because, well, I can pull up this this link to Webster's Dictionary. Well, I can pull up this link to so-and-so's theology on anarchism from 1847, you know, in Scandinavia, you know, or whatever. So, when it comes to a lot of that, we're talking about ideology. So, what somebody wrote back then cannot necessarily be applied theology now. It can be referenced and we should pay attention to history. But just because somebody had published some stuff in eighteen fourteen or nineteen oh seven and he convinced the world or he convinced a group of people to believe that for a while, that you know, to decide that that is your law, that that word is law to you, you're accepting that all ancient words should be law. Yeah. And that argument that people normally are arguing against. My ancient law versus your ancient law. It sounds like religious text. It is. That's yeah. why statism is religion with God. Yeah. And that's why I believe that one extreme or the other, left or right, you end up in the statism. Hey. hey, Keith, can I call you from a different number real quick? My phone's about to die. All right, I'm sorry. Give me one second. I'll call you right back. Uh, I really want to stay, but actually, should probably be getting to bed. You're good, man. So do get up Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. Appreciate okay. it. Catch you next time. Yeah. Hopefully, I can like get a podcast going sometime soon where I don't have to rush out early, or we could. Knock out another long one again. Yeah. Uh, got work tomorrow though, right? Yeah, I gotta get up at like six something. Yeah. Uh, I already had trouble with sleep, so yeah. <laughs> I gotta get in what I can. I'll sleep a lot. Hey, buddy, can you hear me? You guys there? Yeah. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, it's a little. It's a little loud. Is there an echo? Um, no. It just sounds choppy. Choppy? Hmm. Um. Let me see. I can understand you. It sounds like I'm talking to Okay. How about now? Is that any better? I mean, I can hear you. It's not so much the logging. It's just the signals is kind of weird. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's anything I can do about that. What's that? Y'all hearing me all right? I can hear you okay, yeah. Alright, cool deal. So, when I think anarchy, um, the thing that comes to mind for me is Satan. Like, way back. (laughs) 
Like he's kind of an icon for that, in my opinion. To me, to me, Lucifer sort of represents like anarchy and rebellion. Like he's sort of the embodiment of those things. Oh, like, way back. <laughs> like, he's kind of an icon for that, in my opinion. Gotta give me one second. I'm trying to listen to you on the, uh... Oh, okay. So I can clear more clearly hear you. Shit. Um... Hmm. Okay. Well... I don't know if there's anything I can do to fix this on my end. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if this is a good enough. This is gonna work. Um, we've we've been going for about an hour and a half. We could just call it quits here and then try and uh, pick up next time. Hell yeah, man. I'm really glad uh, you uh, were willing to do this with us. I'd, I'd love to have you on again. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Hell yeah, brother. Well, um, I guess we've been going for a while, so I guess we can just uh, close it here, and I'll talk to you next time. All right, my man. I'll, uh, I'll check you all out on the email. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I think we still got plenty we can talk about, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you too. Okay. Well, I don't have anything else to talk about, really. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it quite a lot tonight. Okay. Well, you guys have a good night. See ya.